All right, hello, and welcome to another episode of Observe and Report. My name is Jason Simmons, and sitting across from me, again, physically, in person, Jack Smith. Hello. And, of course, for those joining us after our monumental 50th episode, (laughs) (laughs) where revelations are had, (laughs) this is our 51st episode Uh, And this is the show where we watch things as we are all watching things right now, and we tell you how we feel about them, all right? And yeah, of course, we watched quite a bit, and we have more than a bit to tell you. Oh, yeah. um, For sure. Uh, Hopefully, y'all are watching things and staying safe out there, you know? Uh, But yeah, let's get into it. I'm going to start off with a weird one. <laughs> what have you been watching? It's just, Lay it on You know me. I love to watch movies 20 plus years after they've come out. Yes. Mm-hmm. For the first time ever yep. in your life. Mm-hmm. I watched Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not so weird. We were like five when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this very heart-wrenching story. It is, but... It's also oddly uplifting, um, and it was, I was so surprised by how well-written it was, and how I, it's one of few movies where I felt like the characters were very realistic, and they're very, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Um, well, A, there's a real weird font choice for the opening credits that I really need you to see. I forget what the opening credits look like. The font choice does not go with this movie. <laughs> it's very... It's not like... Comic co- Sans. It's not Comic Sans, <laughs> but it's just like, what? This is Wingdings. <laughs> it's just like birds and what is it? What is this? Palm tree, um, sure. But the acting is so phenomenal, um, and I don't know how to describe it. Um, so, okay, the oh, my two issues were this weird font, which is not actually important. The I don't know if it was the directing or the cinematography or whatever, but literally some of the way the, the ways in which the camera moves and stuff. And sometimes, like, <laughs> at the end of the movie, Denzel Washington, you're, the camera's outside of his home, mm-hmm. and he gets the phone call, and you know it's the phone call where he is going to be told that Tom Hanks has died. Right. So you're looking at his house, you hear the phone ring, and when the phone rings, they zoom in a bit more, mm-hmm. and you're just like, what? We all know what's happening. You don't need to zoom into the house farther. <laughs> like what? And it's just like weird little things like that, which is usually something I don't notice. But there was enough weird camera things going on that I was like, I, what are you doing? I mean, that's um, a directorial choice. Like, that's, a, yeah. that's not even a cinematographer anymore. Like, I have no idea what these roles are. But, um, but it was just so, the writing was so good. The acting was so good. And I liked that. The characters were very imperfect. Like, mm-hmm. Tom, uh, Tom Hanks's character, he's not an imperfect one. He, but like, 
he's really he's a super funny like good just a guy a good guy oh. that you'd love to be friends with he's really funny he's really nice but not like overly nice or anything just at that time when it was made just a n- great portrait of a nice guy he loves his partner he loves his family like he's you you know people like that you know that guy and then Denzel's character is very imperfect but and he is um very homophobic at first Mm -hmm. um and like the way he reacts to it I think is the way a lot of people reacted at that time but he's also a lawyer and so he's doing this kind of on principle of this is against the law and it shows him being very unlikable at times um in terms of his prejudices but you also see it's easy to it'd be very easy to really villainize that character and make him all bad um but i think like a lot of people in society like you might like this person you know know people like that they're great but they have this one thing where you're just like that I disagree with you fully on that. Like, it's not great. They're not necessarily bad people, mm-hmm. but maybe some of their beliefs are not. In this case, it was actually just bad, but I'm also liberal, so whatever. But it's a much, I feel like they're well rounded characters. His character is very realistic. Um, and you see him as he gets to know. Tom Hanks's character and stuff. Um, it is a because they they jump through time of like six months later, or a year later, right. or whatever. Um, it is, and also showing like you know how deadly HIV yes, and AIDS was 100%. at the time. Like mm-hmm. there have been huge leaps and advances oh made, God, like amazing. you know, in medicine. Yeah. But like at the time, like this movie is being made, in so mm-hmm. far as like how gay people are treated in society, mm-hmm. like you know. Uh, how HIV was seen, like, you know, from the gay community yes. to, like, you know, uh, straight people. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it put a lens on it that nothing else was doing at yes. the time. And it's, sh- yeah, you are seeing all shades of how people um, react to it. And Denzel coming around to, he had been, like, in span of the film... He would have known Tom Hanks's character up to almost a year, and he still kind of has these prejudices. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not like a, some like kind of bullshit green book scenario where at the end of it, somehow, We're all good. yay, this really racist Italian family yeah. is going to just embrace this black man who like, they've only said terrible things about happening. in the past. It is a it is a more gradual thing, and it shows. Um, that even a year into their friendship, he's still like he you know still is, dealing yeah, with his prejudices, dealing with his prejudices, and like the social stigmas and the pressure from other people who he's around, who mm-hmm. are like, yeah, these fucking guys, and he's like, yeah, and so and he's in a library, and this guy gives Denzel the stink eye for being a black guy, and then he sees how Tom Hanks's character is being treated as a. Uh, a gay guy who is sick and so you see things start to click into place but even then he's not 100 percent on board like 
accepting of it. So it is much more gradual. Granted, it's a movie, so it's going to happen relatively quickly-ish, but it's so much more realistic. Um, and even when they've become decently good friends, they're into this trial. Um, uh, Tom Hanks throws a party. And just again, like the main crux of this yes. is like the, the reason that they've become friends, the reason why Denzel has become oh, a lawyer for I've completely him. skipped over the plot, but just <laughs> started telling you the entire film. Uh, Tom Hanks is this very, uh, this lawyer who's fantastic at his job. He's at a big fancy law firm um, in Philadelphia. Um, but he... Which at the time and a little bit now hasn't been the most progressive city no (laughs) not quite um and so and he knows denzel's character because they had just gone head to head a little while ago for another case because denzel's also a lawyer um and but then he like he was given this tom hanks's character was given this like the most high profile case by his uh by the partners because they really they recognize he's doing such a great job um and then they see lesions on him and they immediately fire him and so he goes to lawyers to try to be like this is a wrongful termination lawsuit like they are prejudiced against me because i am sick and blah blah blah. and so he finally (laughs) goes to denzel's character and denzel's character is like so how many lawyers have you seen before me and he was like nine (laughs) um and um so yeah so they he denzel at first is very reluctant um and then he takes on his case um and so that's how this story begins um and even they've been at this for months at least six months if not longer now and tom hanks's character throws a party and denzel and his wife go and you still see how uncomfortable he is yeah. at this Halloween party because he's never been surrounded by this many gay people. And so even, which again... Because he's had his one-on-one experience with, like, you know, with right. Tom Hanks and, like, right. his boyfriend. Right. But, like, has not seen much else of his world beyond right. that. 100%. And so, again, this friendship and respect is still blossoming, but he's still uncomfortable. So I feel like it was... I, I keep on saying realistic, but it was. I it felt very grounded in reality both then and still now um, in terms of people who have not been exposed to the gay community and how Mm -hmm. maybe they might start to um, become kind of um, more familiar with it. Um, Yeah. The acting was so amazing. Ugh. Um, I I was having a conversation the other day um, mm. with my sister and also like thinking to myself, like, have Denzel and Tom Hanks ever been anything? And then like completely forgetting, like, oh, right, Philadelphia. But then we were also talking about the director, uh, Jonathan Demme. Mm -hmm. And we were talking like very much about like how he's been like, you know, such a big advocate for like showing more of gay culture in like mainstream America. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, he's responsible for directing Madonna's Vogue video and like, you know, showing that aspect to a much larger audience of like, hey, this is part of gay culture. And also like, he had just the, before this won an Oscar for uh, I don't know if he won Best Director, but Sons of the Lambs oh. had won I believe a Best Picture uh, in 1992 I think it was. Um, but regardless, it's like we forgot we were sort of trying to think like well what do you follow that up with? 
Oh, right. Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> like, amazing. A huge, amazing movie. And such a tonal shift from like something like Silence of the Lambs, which oh, was like God, yeah. straight, like not horror, but like, you know, a yeah, thriller. A thriller, yeah. Um, like a, a, an absolute thriller. Completely different tone, everything, yeah. Yeah. And like when you said like the the, the look is very similar to uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. The color, to- the yeah, palette and the everything is very, is very similar. similar, yeah. But in the, so like, yes, this is what 1993 yep. for sure looked like. 100%. <laughs> like you nailed this shit. <laughs> um, like, Home Alone 2 and fucking Philadelphia. This mm-hmm. is what the nineties. This was ninety three looked like. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of uh, corduroy. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, like yeah, this this is a really good movie, and it was nominated for a lot of mm-hmm. Oscars as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I remember like very vividly about this movie is like Bruce Springsteen like had a huge song with this movie just called Philadelphia. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, duh. And, like, for some reason, it just sticks in my head even to this day, like, the nature of it. And it's mm. like, I don't think... I'm five. I've never heard anything like this before. Like, this is great. Mm. And, like, and, yeah, like, it's there's... there I, There's so much of this movie, and I think sometimes it's forgotten in, in today's standards of, like, yeah. you know, progressive films. And it's just like, this movie oh, made huge so strides. It, the fact, huge, huge strides. Yeah, they could have there was so much opportunity to do a really terrible job with it yeah like this could have been like an after school special or like you know a TV movie but like no there's nothing stereotypical about it there's nothing cliche about it if there is like it was probably one of the first things to do it and then ever since movies have picked up on certain things Um, it's just such a human like loving portrait loving but honest portrait of these two men very in subtle society. very nuanced so nuanced um it was just such i was i have been putting it off because i was like oh this movie is going to be so depressing and obviously the subject matter it is and it's frustrating but it was actually oddly uplifting um and the fact that also like tom hanks's family in the film for his character they're so supportive and loving and accepting of him Mm -hmm. that was i was shocked by it um but pleasantly surprised by that right and the thing is like at that time maybe there was i i don't know what it what what it would be like to be gay at that time yeah yeah but i I imagine that like families weren't coming out to support in no, that way at that time. Not at all. I very few I would imagine. Um and like his whole family like it was just it was absolutely lovely and I think it's probably over a 2 hour film but it didn't feel like that at all. Like it was just great. Also a very young Antonio Banderas looking Please Tom Miguel, Hanks' yeah. partner, right? He looks so good too. <laughs> I know that is not in any way the point of this film but he looks so good. I was just like, oh, Antonio, hello. And again, like, I, it's so... And very brave of all those actors at that time to be doing this movie. Like, that that takes some balls to... For sure. Like, everyone, not, like no one's... I wouldn't say, like, you're putting your career on the line, but it's like, no, it you're was... using your position to, yeah. like, really call attention to something that is being overlooked yeah, right now. totally. Like... And horribly stigmatized. Yes. Yeah. Like, the treatment of gay people in America, as well as, like, HIV and AIDS yeah. and how that's viewed All in society. It. Terrible, yeah. So, it was... I was very, like, proud of those characters, and for Denzel to not shy away from 
the uglier parts of this character. And this is what Denzel follows up Malcolm X with, I believe. Oh, really? Like, I believe it is Malcolm X and then Philadelphia. And it's just like, everyone's making big choices out here. Yeah. damn. Yeah. And I think it's Tom Hanks following up Sleepless in Seattle. I forget. Oh, I'd have to look at, yeah. They made so many movies at that time. It's hard to know. But, um... But yeah, they were all, they were just great. And there is like one very like artsy part mm-hmm. at one point with the music and their dancing and stuff. And the, At the party? Or, uh, not not during that. It's after the party, they're still at um, his apartment, his beautiful loft apartment. Um, and Tom Hanks is talking about like this uh, opera and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it becomes... The way it's shot and everything, it becomes very different from the rest of the film. It's just kind of this little artistic pause kind of in the middle. I mean, Jonathan Demme was a music video director. Like, yeah. I got his, his um, licks in. So it was, uh, it was entirely unexpected um, and uh, really a wonderful surprise. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm glad. And I'm glad it holds up. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I'm very happy about that. It. To hold up in a time, obviously nothing, certainly nothing is perfect in terms of like homophobia in the world, but the fact that it is supporting ideas and a way of viewing people that is how we view them now, like almost 30 years later, that's amazing. Yeah. That's lovely. Um, I feel like I want to follow this up with something just <laughs> not even nearly as... <laughs> artistically qualified <laughs> that's fine as that um what do i want to talk about uh i'll talk about something a little artsy i watched uh winter's bone for the first time actually sat oh, down yeah. and watched it all the way through this mm. is like j laws jennifer lawrence's big yes. break to the world um it is intense and good and like it shows you a part of america that you don't consider all the time that often gets overlooked I think. yeah i've not fully seen the movie like uh yeah it is set in missouri in wintertime jennifer lawrence is essentially the lifeline of her family mm-hmm. she is 17 years old she's taking care of her two younger siblings like age like 12 and like eight and her mother who is like you know uh mentally ill mm. and her father is essentially a deadbeat like runs mm. off from the family constantly but uh in this case he has skipped out on bail Mm. and he put up their house for collateral oh no and if she doesn't find him to report for trial yeah they're going to take the house and meanwhile she's trying not trying to be like regular high school kid there's so much more on her place she's just trying to get yeah. out of her community get to the army make some money and maybe be able like to, to take her family with her yeah but even that aspect she doesn't fully understand like how it works like well yeah you get out of, you go to the army like you know you can your family can live with you on base and it's, they're just like not exactly yeah like that that would take time right like you know or like you know well i'm getting paid 40k like right off the bat right like not exactly like you know before you see any kind of like actual pay come to you mm. that will take time and it's just like it, being told like you know by the recruiter like you may need to stay home and figure things out here and she has to become a detective essentially like mm. hunting down her dad and essentially asking people who are related to her, like cousins and like second cousins, third cousins, like, you know, who are into bad shit because her dad was into bad shit. Mm. Like, hey, what happened? I don't care about him. You know, I don't care about him. Yeah. I just want to know where the hell he is. so We don't lose this house. Um, 
John Hawks plays her uncle. Oh, okay. And there is a scary intensity to him. There always is. <laughs> like, there always is. At one point, he says he, he is uh, talking to his wife, and he tells her to, like, you know, to, like, hey, don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. And she, like, continues to talk about the situation that he doesn't want any mention of. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I already told you to be quiet with my mouth. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. This John Hawks, he's one of those characters. He, I feel like he's either plays, because he's... A lovable goof? Like, or... Yeah, a very um, not intimidating kind of, not a weak guy, but like, doesn't have much of a presence. I think of his character on Eastbound and Down. That's the first time I was experienced oh, okay. to him, where he's like uh, Danny McBride's lovely brother. Like, he's just nice and sweet and just like, oh, what do you need? Like, oh, just like, I'm helping out the kids. He's a nice dad. And, in he's, and he's like such a like stringy so guy. Um, he either plays someone who's kind of overlooked or a fucking terrifying person. Yes. And he's so capable of both. And I'm always interested in what he's going to do whenever he pops up on screen because he's a really great actor. That's And I can totally see how he would fit into that world. <laughs> like, he's, he's a scarecrow. A scarecrow can be something where, like, oh, it's an ineffectual thing. Like, you know, I'm not scared of this or the most terrifying thing that can fight your dreams. <laughs> like, he's both at the same time. Um, but, yeah, she's tasked this, like, ne- nearly impossible task of finding her dad to just reclaim her home mm-hmm. and save her family. And just the trials and tribulations she goes through and, like, the seedy underbelly of her community. Yeah. Um, which is outwardly seedy. She goes to the even darker side of that. It's like, this is like meth land. And it's like, mm. you're going to the heart of it to, like, find your dad. And uh, I get why. I understand in looking at this as, like, her first breakout role, why directors and, like, you know, movie studios everywhere was like, this girl can play 20 years her senior. <laughs> it's like, she, she probably you probably shouldn't make her do that. <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah, she is capable of it. Like, she is capable of having the weight of the world on her shoulders. Like, this is a movie where, like, they weren't like, oh, isn't she, like, gorgeous? Like, this is a pretty child. Like, Mm -hmm. but, like, this is someone who's, like, working. And, like, you can really see that in her performance. And I get why, like, you know, she was given the weight of, like, leading roles relatively soon and very quickly after that. Yeah, I still think that's weird. And it's mainly David O. Russell that does this. He casts her in his movies as a woman much older than what she actually is. Yeah, I don't... Like, Silver Lines Playbook and Joy and American Hustle. It's like she's playing 20 years older than what she was at the time. Something about it honestly kind of creeps me out. It's a little weird, David O. Russell. Like, Yeah, (laughs) you're... Because she's not a child. It's not like you're sexualizing someone who's too young. But something about it is just like, you want her to be this for you and, and it's like, she is not everyone else here that's is a man is the appropriate age yeah it's gross it's and a little it's like, gross you're telling me that she's 42 but i know she's 25 yeah like this is weird and we're all everyone there is just gonna go along with it <laughs> okay <laughs> it's, I, uh, it's it creeps me out a little bit to be honest with you um but uh i remember I've not seen that movie, but I remember my dad watching it, and he, since I was a child, since literally I can remember, he has fallen asleep in the middle of every single movie we have ever seen. <laughs> this is not an exaggeration. He's a dad. That's Classic what, dad move. That's what they do. And I remember he was sitting in the living room watching it, and uh, I went to ask him something, and he was, and like, to like, do something or whatever, and he was like, 
glued to the TV and was like, I need to finish this movie. And I was like, (laughs) okay. And like never for literally any movie we had ever seen up to that. I think I was like 25 or something. And the fact that he was like, hush child, I need to finish this. I was, (laughs) he was not, he was perfectly fine about like normal about it. But I was just like, so like, holy this is the one that you're going for this is the one that you're connecting with okay the one where jennifer lawrence i'm pretty sure has like skin squirrel okay this is the one that's gotten you great skin several squirrels yeah i so i was like wow that that must be a really good movie (laughs) but i never saw it and also important in the movie is like the presence of women in it Mm. like the role that women play in this community and like you know the secrets they hold as well as like what they are allowed and not allowed to do Mm. and how much further she's allowed to go on her quest for her dad because she is a woman Mm. like several times throughout that movie like you know men's like boys younger than her Mm. like they're physicality their lives are threatened Mm. while she kind of gets a pass interesting it's like her younger brother like stands up for her at a moment and like her cousin like is ready to beat the crap out of him in yeah. front of everybody and while he's like i won't lay a hand on you it's this weird thing in society where women are both put on a pedestal and so they get to go onto the boats first if the boat's sinking yeah and like they get passes for certain things and yet they're also not valued in any way and men will happily beat the shit out of them it's just it's like so weird they're either like yeah on a pedestal or they are dogs like it doesn't make any sense and it's pervasive throughout society and the world it's just so this insane double standard that bizarre exists. yeah um but i it sounds like it is a good kind of portrayal of that stand double standard and, like, yeah. it happens in a poor white community in, like, Appalachia. But, Oof, like, yeah. this story feels like it could be translated to any community mm. and, like, of any race or ethnicity. And it just feels like... And because it is set where it's set, you get specific things. But mm. I feel like you get different things where you just set it in, like, a different location. Totally. And it just feels like, hey, people in impoverished communities, like, have wild weird shit that happens to it them. could be like po- very poor mississippi or something or and this like, could be like same. you know the hardest parts of compton or yes. like you know this could happen like you know in the rough parts outside of miami like this is just yeah different locations will yield different things mm-hmm. but it's just like the through line of like poverty and and how poverty is treated treated by the criminal mm-hmm. justice system is like very much a continuing thread yeah. through that so, it gives me Wind River vibes a little bit. I, I would say that's a good pair of things to watch. Yeah. Um, Wind River. <laughs> or an incredibly depressing or, pair. Incredibly depressing. <laughs> the palettes are very similar. Uh, the temperatures are very similar. Um, it just what what is different, though, is just like she has no resources. Yeah. <laughs> no. And like every second she sees like, I could become this. I can't become this. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. But yeah, Winter's Bone. <laughs> Check it out. Check it out on an HBO platform of your choosing. <laughs> Don't be confused. HBO. Sorry. <laughs> um, another thing that I watched that was on my list, and I'm so glad that I finally got to it. Um, actually, like everything on here is actually on my list on the back of my notebook. Um, I finally watched Insecure. Oh, it is so fucking good. <laughs> I was just like, 
I um, had been putting it off because I knew it would require a lot of emotional investment that I was not capable of doing at the, <laughs> at the time. Um, but now that I have this break, um, even though it's... Whenever I feel like if you talk about comedy and particularly like stand-up, it's always the more specific a story is or whatever, it's actually becomes more relatable to mm-hmm. people. And I feel like that's what this is, even though this is a specific um, show about her and her experience as a woman, as a black woman, as like a 20, late 20 something. I found it so in a good way and sometimes in very painful ways, very relatable. Um, Cause she is a similar age. Her character on the show is a similar age. How old is she in real life? Actually, I know. believe about our age, like maybe a year older. Okay. Um, so Actually, yeah, no, like two years older. Okay. Yeah. So she's in like her mid thirties ish yeah. now. Um, so her character on the show in the first season is like 29. Um, and so much of it, it revolves around, um, like her like dating stuff and not just like mm, oh men are the worst right it's like the complications of dating at this time dating in a city dating at an age where you're kind of people are talking about marriage and stuff mm-hmm. and you're supposed to be kind of going toward this thing as opposed to like a casual 20 something whatever just yeah, like hooking up casually yeah. and stuff um having to date on dating apps and which is the worst mm-hmm. um and then, like, career-wise, um, have trying to, like, find the right thing and maintains, like, some passion for it. Um, it was just so much of it was so relatable. It's also insanely funny. I laughed out loud at so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... And it's... Even though it's mostly her, it's very much um, an ensemble show, which I didn't oh, yeah. expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like everyone involved. Um, and also just being able to relate to it um, just as a person of color, I feel like. Just being the only person in a room like of white people and stuff. Very relatable. Um, so, yeah, the whole thing, I was just so pleasantly surprised. It was lighter than I thought it would be. Oh, yeah, like it's... I don't know why. I thought it would be a little more... Although, what just happened, I was like, no! The mood can change from episode to episode. Yes. For sure. Um, Which, as does mine, so it actually makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was just... Like, I love her friendships in it. Um, Yeah, I watched three or four four episodes. Um, And I definitely gonna work my way through it because it was really really good um it even though it is a completely different show in terms of it kind of made me think of fleabag a little bit i think just because the characters are supposed to are similarly ish age and they're both just introspective in their own ways and like searching for something in their own ways, even though they might be looking for slightly different things. And like Fleabag, it's mostly just focusing on her with a very small kind of ensemble. But I feel like their characters would get along. I, I can see the similarities in the sense that they're willing to show the ugly sides of things. Yes. So they're, that they're willing to show like, yeah, this character makes mistakes. Absolutely. And that 
like, yeah, this might be a little self-destructive, but Mm -hmm. it's fun, right? And also, (laughs) like, the part where um, her friend, Issa Rae's uh, main best friend. Molly. uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. um, She is in the whole dating game and she meets this guy who is Jared, who is so beautiful mm-hmm. that my heart burst into flame. Um, and he, uh, and she had just, she had been so frustrated because these guys, they just want to hook up. They're not actually looking for relationships and she's looking for a relationship. Now question, what season are you in? in the first season? Just the first season. Okay. Um, and so finally she meets this guy who actually is what she's looking for. Like he does want a relationship. He's very straightforward about what he wants, but then, um, but he isn't as well educated as her. He works at, um, enterprise and she's given a little bit of shit about that, but she kind of defends him and is like, he's great, whatever. Um, but then and this is her best friend, Molly, who's going through this situation. Yes. Right now. Yeah. And then Molly is finally accepted because Molly is this very um, uh, uh, accomplished attorney. Um, she's accepted to this dating app called like the League or whatever, which is for like like hardcore professional people. Which I believe is an actual thing. It absolutely is. Um, which is just oh. which goes to show I'm not in the League. Just N- nor am I. Um, <laughs> Nor shall I ever be, because it <laughs> seems awful. Um, and so then, even though she is so frustrated by these men who she's met in the past, she ends up turning around when she's accepted to this um, dating app and into this world of very like accomplished, well-educated people. She turns around and does the same thing to poor, beautiful Jared. Mm-hmm. And it's that type of thing that... It's not pretty. You like, but you also like, you kind of get it because she is an ambitious person, even though he is lovely. Like, the contradictions, people are so contradictory all the time. And so it's showing those contradictions, but making it relatable. And it's just, they're very, the because they're not trying to portray her as being like, you know, garbage for like no not yeah her having misgivings about maybe dating this guy who's right. not in the same social position right. as she is like she they try to show the struggle of that totally of like ah uh, you know he's a nice guy he's a good person but like uh, also he's not in the same position in life as me so like so, and when they go to hang out with her there? friends like she feels the judgment from her friends and like blah 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 it's it's showing all the complexities all the paradoxes like it is the full human experience and it's while also being fucking hilarious and when Issa raps to herself in the mirror uh-huh. it's great and I thoroughly enjoy her raps I, I'm i very happy that you started watching the show oh, it's like so where good. you are compared to like where, where the show is now like mm-hmm. things have evolved and changed dramatically oh my god because throughout <laughs> this time I have purposely had to stay away because I would see when each season ended, it'd be like, oh my, there'd be like a headline Get on my feed. This. Yeah, of like this cliffhanger. I just like, I can't read this. I know I'm going to watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had to stay away from it, mm-hmm. from like insecure internet related things 
for a while now. So finally, I'm trying to like catch up so I can finally be like, oh my God, three years after things have <laughs> happened per usual. Like now I can look at, you know, uh, articles from 2018 and be like, yeah. <laughs> talking with friends and this is a show that comes up constantly in conversation with friends and family like female friends and whatnot and it's just like people have strong opinions about this show and i understand it like it's like a consistently heavily talked about thing very memeified insofar as like you know things that happen on the show like can you believe this like it it, and at the show when it's at its best Mm. is like comedy that is able to look at like real life situations mm-hmm. like you know with a, 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 a very specific viewpoint on them at its worst it becomes a melodrama where it's like that would never happen in real life or like this is ridiculous or like the, why did the worst possible thing happen mm. at this moment because it's a tv show yeah like it, it is at its best it's like so relatable but when it not when it's bad but like it's weaker points sometimes mm. will like pull you away just make you feel like i'm watching a soap opera but that aside, it's so enjoyable. Like it oh, is so God. fun to watch and talk about with friends. And you just want to be your friend. The show makes you choose sides sometimes. Where it's like, I'm not with this person anymore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I which I don't support him very, or her in what they're doing. Which is realistic. Like it it does do a good job, and not many shows do this sometimes. Where they're like really examining like, is this friendship worth it? Is yeah. this relationship worth it? Is this job worth it? Which like, is so much of what you do at that time in your life. That time, when you're yeah. late 20s, early 30s, you're finally, finally figuring out who you are. And like you're a little bit more like kind of emotionally stable and stuff. And so it's when you, you, you're not expected to have the same fun that you had in your 20s. So now it's time to really figure shit out. Mm-hmm. And it's can be a bit daunting sometimes because there's so much to figure out between relationships, family, work, all that shit. Yep. And there's so many pressures and, um, yeah, it's, it's so great. I know it's going to stress me out. It already it has stressed stress me, me out. for sure. Like, absolutely. <laughs> when Molly calls Jared and it's just like, or he calls her because he's wonderful and he calls her and it's like, hey, um, and she is like, I just want to be friends. I yelled at the TV and I was just like, no, <laughs> but like, and I, oh, it just, and I haven't watched it since it's been like two days or something. Cause uh, I was just like, Molly, no. <laughs> and you will be saying that many times. And I know this and that's what is killing me. Like I, I'm very happy watching it. I just, I'm very excited to talk with you about this. I can't wait. Um, there are certain characters I just don't, I don't fuck with them anymore. I just don't <laughs> like them anymore. Um, there's certain characters where it's like, yo, their growth is understandable, and people will come at me for that. Like, no, how could you like this character? Like, hey, time out. <laughs> um, the growth happens, and this person changed. Yeah. Like, I don't see why you're so annoyed at this. Oh, man. Well, get ready for a barrage of text messages, <laughs> my friend, because it's so good. Also, um, one of... Oh, I don't. I didn't write down her character name. Natasha Rothwell um, is um, one of her friends who's at the party that they go to where Jared is introduced to um, Molly's friends. Mm-hmm. And she's super funny. And um, I was like, great, cool. And then I watched some other things. And she 
I watched Sonic. Well, I'll talk about it later. Yeah, she's she's hilarious. The and, best part of the movie, maybe like one of the best, part, one of the better parts of it. So fucking by far the funniest part. Natasha Rothwell is the the single funniest character on Insecure consistently. Really? She's great. Um, she she is, made an impression in the five minutes she was in that show. For she me. is a dispenser of jokes and good times. So she used to write for SNL at one point too. I've learned this. <laughs> so I saw her on Insecure and was like loving it. Then I saw her on Sonic and was like, amazing. And then <laughs> I've been watching DuckTales and I was like, this uh, random character, uh, she's a, she runs the business for um, Glomgold, <laughs> which sounds so weird out of context. Lindhart Glomgold, Lindhart yes. Glomgold. <laughs> She runs his business and I was like, that voice sounds familiar. <laughs> and so I looked it up and All I was like, Natasha, you're fucking everywhere. All this very Amazing. recent media for you is like, Jason, it was like, boom, boom, boom. Literally <laughs> within like a 40 hour period. Cause I've been watching DuckTales every day while I eat breakfast. <laughs> like a childhood. Fantastic. <laughs> do, 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 and I watched do, do, Sonic do, do, do. one night and the next night I watched, or Insecure one night and the next night I watched Sonic and I was just like, Jesus Christ. You are somewhere between a seven-year-old child and a 33-year-old Yep, <laughs> and it is I fantastic. I vacillate between the two and really enjoy myself. <laughs> and so I was just so thrilled to see her in all these things. <laughs> it was great. But also shows like, hey, a person can be a lot of things, all right? I'm a real Natasha <laughs> Rothwell head now. Um, yeah, she's in the number two gro- highest grossing movie of 2020. <laughs> Sonda Hitchcock, and I will keep saying it because it's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is the world so, yeah. we live in. It's good. I'm very happy. I was just so thrilled by it all. Um, what else you got? Um, what else do I have? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Ooh, let's so talk high. about this movie. Yeah. Uh, Lucy in the Sky. Uh, starring Natalie Portman and John Hamm. Oh, you lost me at Natalie Portman. <laughs> I feel like so many people tell me that. Uh, I know you're not feeling Natalie Portman in recent times because of uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, oh boy. Um, but Natalie Portman is in this, and she's, it's not, this isn't, it's not your fault. It's not her fault why this movie is the way it is. Um, now, if you are listening right now, maybe flashback with me to the year 2007, um, where oh God. you may or may not have heard a news story about a uh, an astronaut um that was oh caught, yes uh you know driving from texas to florida the diaper lady uh yes uh wearing a diaper uh and with various instruments meant to kidnap and harm another astronaut who had stolen her astronaut boyfriend um this was perhaps one of the most interesting human stories of that year yeah that was quickly on the rug overshadowed because another weird human story happened where like Anna Nicole Smith died in the same week. Oh, okay. And like this, like, whoa, this bizarre story got taken over by this other bizarre story and like never have we heard of it again. And this movie I thought would be considerably more uh, salacious um, or considerably more, I guess, like tabloidy or schlocky and it hmm. wasn't. Um, they they try to, to take an artistic bend on it um, but in doing so it, it's they wind up not telling the full truth of the story mm. somewhat diminishing it mm. and at the same time uh kind of just fabricating things that Aww. don't really occur yeah like they they try to they, what would have been nice and what they tried to do 
is saying that like her grip on you know her day-to-day life on reality is like loosening because she went to space and it blew her mind like being in space seeing like the earth below her seven billion lives alit and it was just a real revelation a real revelation now, yeah she's like yeah and i wish they play with that a bit more insofar as like wow like she's just like having trouble like not being present in her life or like she is just set adrift like maybe like i don't know visually like this could have been a far more psychedelic movie yeah, they wanted totally. it to be they didn't do that they mm. play around the camera and like letterboxing and like you know uh, sometimes, so the black bars on like the top of the mm-hmm. screen, mm-hmm. like sometimes they'll shorten them even more, you okay. know, creating like a even an even thinner aspect, uh-huh. or like you know they'll put them on the sides, mm-hmm. creating like more of like a, a an old school television format. Okay, but seemingly it, it doesn't really have that much connection to like what's happening in the scene. It doesn't really help convey anything. No, more. it's just like oh that's a cool visual trick, and nothing really comes of it. Okay. Um, in this scenario, like, you know, they, they they show that Natalie Portman is, like, losing her grip on reality a little bit, but, like, she is able to find an anchor in John Hamm. Uh, who, who is was, her boyfriend? Who was another astronaut. Oh, okay. She's married in this movie. I would also anchor myself with John Hamm <laughs> any day of the week. <laughs> um, I did not record her husband's name. I'm looking up right now. I believe she's married to uh, Dan Stevens. Uh, oh, from in, Downton Abbey. From Downton Abbey in the movie. There is a guy who, if I had to look at the cast of Downton Abbey, I would not have thought that, oh, who's going to get the most work and have, like, kind of interesting projects? I would not have pegged it <laughs> for Dan Stevens. And yet, he's doing all sorts of shit. And I'm just like, good for you, Dan Stevens. Because he's just kind of like, you know, your typical, like, good-looking, blonde yeah. Hollywood guy. But he's done, like, thriller stuff and, like... He's doing all sorts of stuff. I've got another thing with him coming up. Love um, it. That I can Love talk it, about. Dan. Um, but, yeah, so... Sorry, that was Dan Stevens' corner. <laughs> Continue. But he plays her very loving and doting husband. He's mm. just, like, a lovable nerd. Like, he works PR for NASA and is just Love like, it. oh, my baby's home. Like, great. <laughs> um, and they're currently taking care of, like, her brother's uh, daughter, her niece, essentially, like, living with them. Mm. But, like... She more and more becomes like you know intertangled and intertwined with like uh John Hamm and like they start an affair together. Oh, at the same time, like John Hamm is just like, I guess if John Hamm were an astronaut, he might just sleep around on the astronaut base a little bit. Um, and he gets like involved with like another astronaut, Uh oh. and then she like you know runs out on her husband and like takes her niece with her. Oh, no, and all while this is happening, like her grandmother dies, okay, and it's like that weighs on her and it's like they're, they're tr- they didn't do a good job of showing how stressed out this woman is mm. and how that is having an effect in her life mm. like they do a poor job of like conveying that at all and like Natalie Portman's acting her heart out every all the actors I think are doing as well as they can but I just think the story is really thin mm. and the direction is a the director's a first-time director and I just don't think it really comes off as like you know anything worth watching i would have thought they would just try to do a more kind of humanist look at everything leading up to that event if they were very matter of fact about it and just like hey this is her life and this is what she was going through and this is why she kind of found solace in this other person yeah and what led her like the stress and everything that led her to such a state that she would do that did a really bad job of showing that you know the type of movie where it starts off with probably like her being really manic and then like getting pulled over and then and then all of a sudden it throws back to the very beginning and then it leads up back to that same moment and you know stereotypical thing but like makes sense 
if I worked for Fox Searchlight Pictures, mm-hmm. I would give you the director job right there. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what you just described. You know, it, like that, the first, oh, that opening scene, it stopped, like, she's pulled over. She's sitting there, like, gripping the wheel. You see her dumb diaper. And then, like, the cop looking and be like, what? Her being like, uh-oh. And then, here we go. Like, how do we get here? Yeah. And then, And then you get, like, nice little parts by Nick Offerman, who plays, like, a NASA oh, psychologist nice. that is in a wheelchair for some reason. Diversity. Why Diversity, not? I guess. But, like, okay, sure. Why is Nick Offerman here? Um, they could have just gotten an actor they who's actually in a wheelchair. actually in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, that would have been better. Yep. But, like, he, they only have one instance, like, where they actually have a therapist and they're asking her, like, hey, are you okay? Hmm. Coming back from space can be a very difficult thing. Yeah. As far as readjusting to, like, you know, like. Totally. And then, like, as I was looking more into it, I don't know why I went down this rabbit hole. I guess because I like space and space problems. You do love space and space problems. Um, astronauts are like, that's bullshit. Like, no one has ever had their mind blown so hard in space that like you know like they can't adjust to life on earth like anyone that has made it that far has been psychologically tested rigidly you have to be sane to get sent up there yeah so like if someone had gone through they're like super highly functioning people yes (laughs) like so if someone went through something that was so stressful and like you know altering to them like Mm. they did a really bad job of showing that yeah and it was just upsetting like I was so interested in this as a news story when I first heard about it when I was like 20. Oh, totally. And then like more interested to see this conveyed on a screen. Like, oh, how do you portray this? Like, yeah. it was just it was so such a meh Especially because it's so something that plagues women of just, um, it's so easy to be like, oh, a crazy lady. And like in relationships, like often men are just like, she's crazy. And it's such like an easy way to yeah. dismiss and write a woman off and like yeah it was bizarre what she did but i i feel like there's often maybe this is i'm super biased and it's unfair but when women often when women do kind of cookie stuff there's so there's so much i mean when anybody does cookie stuff there's so much leading up to it like uh, so it would have yeah. been nice to feel some kind of justification validation for how she got to that place because clearly if you're an astronaut that's an incredible achievement that requires so much intelligence and like yeah it i don't know i just wanted i just wanted her crazy to be validated a little bit i, w- I wanted it so too. it's disappointing because like you know they they show that she is straight a student her entire life worked her ass off like top in her class incredibly high achievers yeah and it's just like well can you can we go back to those moments and maybe see like the same ticks of stress yeah show up there 100 percent. i don't know again (laughs) i'd have given you the director job thanks (laughs) if i had the power you know a show that i actually do feel like portrays that somewhat well is actually Space Force in terms of when you follow Steve Carell's character around, the stresses that he has, even though they're a little bit bizarre, in his family life, and then mm-hmm. the pressures on him professionally, and like with like getting pressure from like your head of the science team versus the pressure that you get from, you know, your like political jock bros and stuff like you see this kind of stressors build up around him which may lead him to make terrible decisions Mm -hmm. um but it's i feel like it's more a more fair kind of 
portrayal of everything that people always have to deal with throughout mm-hmm. their life, which I appreciate from that show. And like, if she was actually officially diagnosed as bipolar or something like that, they didn't say that explicitly or like even mm. really show that. Yeah, it's like, well, it's just you just you just had an episode. It seems like, and no one ever explained oh, anything. That's terrible. So I don't know. There's much that was not said in that movie that should have been said. Hmm. But anyway, does it strike you as the type of film where maybe there was like a lot left on the cutting room floor that would have filled in those gaps? I don't think so, given, like, the the company that produces Fox Searchlight, which is very mm-hmm. much about, like, independent films yep. and, like, giving more space to a director to do something as opposed to, like, gotcha. you know, 20th Century Fox, which mm-hmm. is, like, the bigger studio films. Um, and I think the issues come because it was a first-time director. Gotcha. Um, what is his name here? Noah Hawley, I believe? Noah Hawley. Um, yeah, they hadn't directed anything before, I guess. I mean, everyone has to start somewhere. Do you um, think there were gaps in the writing also? Yes. Oh, I'm I'm lying. He's not a first time director. He's first time first film he directed, but he's directed television shows. Oh, okay. That deal with mental issues very well. <laughs> oh, come on, man. He directed Fargo and Legion. Legion, which is all about like, you know, mental strife. Huh. Like, dude. Oh, no wonder Dan Stevens is in it. Man. Opinion rescinded. <laughs> he could have done better. <laughs> what else you been watching? Um, as I mentioned before, I watched Sonic, <laughs> which again has been on my list since it came out. I, I considered going to the theater for it. I went to theaters. For yeah. It. Um, well, you could do that thing back in my day. Well, <laughs> um. A, because Sonic is voiced by my future husband, um, Ben Schwartz. Mm-hmm. And B, um, even though I am not like a huge Jim Carrey head, <laughs> I like him. And it's just seemed like the most perfect role for him possible. Yeah. That I was like, oh, he will surely knock this out of the park because this is Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey to the max. Um be a living cartoon. You yeah. Know? And it looked fun and funny. And so I finally rented it. Um, and it was delightful. It was a delightful little romp. Um, I It was funnier than I expected. Yeah, right. It was. I laughed aloud a couple of times. Um, and, uh, you know, kudos to James Marsden for being able to really act against nothing. Yeah. Because that is really difficult, I imagine. And he totally pulls it off. He's able to keep up with Sonic. Oh, did, did, did Did you get it? <laughs> and stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone did a good job. Um, I... It looks really good. I like that... Um, I liked all the supporting people in it. Um, as I mentioned, Natasha Rothwell. Um, the woman who plays um, uh, James Marsden's wife. She was excellent. I'm not Tika, really familiar with Tika her. Tika Sumter. She was great. Very pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah. They are a beautiful couple. <laughs> um, and Adam Pally, who I'm always happy to see him sh- for a hot pop second. Up. He's he is very funny <laughs> as, as, like the as just like a very confused and scared dum dum. <laughs> 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 she was great at. Um, 
Yeah, it and I like that it also like it gets into the story immediately. There's not a lot of messing around. Like and back on Sonic's home planet, like stay yeah, for like, two seconds. We're there. We Here we move. go. It explains it very quickly. Great, awesome. Um, moving it along, and um, all of the tech stuff was really fun and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jim Carrey was exactly what I wanted him to be. He was hilarious and over the top in all the right ways. And um, Jason, like, he looks good. Oh, like, Jason Larson? Jim Carrey looks good. <laughs> <laughs> like, With the stash and the, 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 the crew cut? It wasn't a crew cut. It was a very nice haircut. <laughs> and I was just like... I wrote it down. I just wrote. <laughs> I'm very surprised. Jim Carrey, he can get it. This, this usually doesn't fall into like your your realm of dudes. Interesting. Okay. I know. I was also surprised because he's a, a pale, lanky white man, which is not my type. But like, <laughs> and he's also like fifty something. <laughs> but I was like, and because he has, also has like nice clothes in it, he has mm-hmm. like cool outfits. Um, that haircut really got me, Jason. <laughs> I wrote, Jim Carrey can get it, Agent Stone can get it, <laughs> and so can Ben Schwartz. These are my notes. Because um, I don't know who Agent Stone was, but he was also a handsome fellow, and he is my type. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. He kind of looks like uh, Riz Ahmed. Yeah, he's like Jim Carrey's yeah. assistant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was very funny. Um, yeah, it was it was fast. Oh, I did not mean to do that. <laughs> you can't help. Do but it, it did move. It like it moved along quickly. It's great for kids. I can see how like yeah, you making a kids movie must be very difficult to try to like keep their attention. Yeah, but like there's a lot of action. It's funny. It's light. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. I was pleasantly surprised. And now I have feelings for Jim Carrey. So <laughs> there's a lot happening for me in that film. I, again, I appreciate how much, it's not an easy task to make a movie that's for children, but also adults can enjoy yes. as well. Um, to make a movie that's like, hey, this is going to hit across multiple age sectors and like gender. Plus you're having, having to, on top of that, people who play the video game, put stuff in there that they'll enjoy, but also make it enough so that, Little kids who have not played the video game or 32-year-old women who haven't played the video game can also enjoy it. It's literally... There's a lot to check off there. Yes. Sonic is weirdly an enduring pop culture character that's been around for 30 years at this point in various incarnations on TV shows and video games that are still being made today. Mm -hmm. Like... He, they didn't stop making Sonic when we got older. Like they kept on going, and like it's, it's scratching the itch for a lot of people. Like yeah. I, I just liked like, as I was leaving the theater, like a little stinger, like after the credits go, that like you know there were adults were like, oh my god, there he is. Oh, that was my last note. Who was the fox thing? Uh, I guess spoilers for Sonic. Um, the fox is Sonic's uh, best friend. Uh, oh, okay, Miles cool. Tails Prower. I get it. It's a pun that stands for miles per hour. Miles Prower. I love it. <laughs> Delightful. He is, is it a boy or a girl? Oh, it's yeah. a boy. Miles? It's a boy, although he sounds quite feminine. You know what? Maybe Tails is non-binary. I'm not sure. Great. <laughs> it was adorable. I don't know why I sat there for that to watch the end credits, but I did. And then I was rewarded with a Marvel-style end 
he's that Credit character sequence. is worthy of it. Great. <laughs> I'm excited for the next one, quite frankly. Like, I, uh, I just I, like parents like pulling at their kids like, look, it's Tails. Like, oh my God, it's Tails. Adorable. Like, it was very nice to see in theaters. I was like, I know this should mean something to me. I'm going to ask Jason about it. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just such a, a fun... Um, oh, and when, um, whenever the few scenes where he's running super fast and everything slows down so you mm-hmm. can like matrix style move yeah. shit or like flash style do stuff. That was really fun. That was really cool. Yeah. Like they did a good job at portraying high speeds in a movie. Mm-hmm. Also, Warner Brothers, get your shit together and make a flash movie. Like just do it. Why is it so hard for you to make things like this? It's really easy. A blue thing did it. I'm you okay. Do I'm okay with it, guys. <laughs> and I am not. <laughs> um, but no, I'm glad you enjoyed Sonic. Yes, I appreciate you review it. It gave me confidence that it was worth watching, mm-hmm. so I went for it, and I am happy I did. When, whenever uh, they do these remakes of things that we did, uh, that we watched or enjoyed as kids, and like I try to convey this to friends and family of like this thing actually isn't bad. Like, I always get shit about it. And it's just like, no, this is actually decent. I feel like you could tell from the trailer that it was going to be fun. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you grew up watching Jim Carrey and you enjoyed his movies, no matter, like, I would think that you would enjoy this. Because it's just him being, like, his style, both the physicality and also just the humor, like... It's all there. I wonder why he chose to do it. I like it's. I don't know either. I was very surprised, but like, I'm glad it's also did. perfect for him. I'm yeah. sure they were like, you can be you in this, basically. And I feel he hasn't been that guy in movies for a long no. time. I feel he, by his own choice. Yeah, he went to more drama stuff. Yeah, I wanna... and then he disappeared. And like, does like weird independent movies sometimes, and mm-hmm. has a show on Showtime right now. But like. It's just, yeah, you were a different guy now. Yeah, and for him, but like, I appreciated that he, yeah. To do this throwback to, like, the 90s Jim Carrey, like, yeah, I miss he, that guy. He was, he was, his character was really freaking funny. Yeah, he was, he was very funny in the he movie. He was great. And at the end, no, I won't, well, you know, he's talking the mushroom, that's fucking great. <laughs> like, it's great. Little sleeves, you know, a lot of arms happening there. A lot of arms happening. <laughs> was there? Yeah, yeah. What? Like uh, his uh, he had no more sleeves on his like uh, flight uniform anymore. It's all oh guns. Jim Jim Carrey's guns. Yeah, I'm gonna have there. to goddamn rent this movie again. <laughs> he just, I couldn't believe how good he looked, Jason. <laughs> I think this quarantine has done something to me. <laughs> Anyways, next. Um, what else did I watch? I watched um a little movie called Buffaloed. Um, starring uh, Zoe Deutsch and uh, Jermaine Fowler, um, as well as oh goodness, why can't I remember her name? Uh, I will get it in a second. But regardless, uh, Buffalo is a story of uh, it is very much the Wolf of Wall Street, or uh, like the Big Short for okay. uh, debt, um, oh. in the sense that it's trying to be like a little expository, as well as like you know. Uh, condemning of debt collection in the United States and how it as a business is predatory and just, you know, it's makes slimy. people... Yeah. It's, it's it's a slimy business. Yeah. And the way debt is sold and controlled by large companies to small companies, 
Um, oh, also, <laughs> Jai Courtney is in it in his best acting role oh, ever. I hate Jai Courtney. Yes, and same. he was great in this. <laughs> like, Interesting. He was a sleazy, like, uh, northern New York jerk. And it's like, so perfect. it was made for him. Perfect. You guys got it. You guys see what I see now. Named, he sees what I see. Named Wiz. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, yes, Jermaine yes. Fowler. I've seen him before and stuff. Okay. Oh, and the guy from Schitt's Creek. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Gotcha, yes. gotcha, gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. Ooh, Jermaine. I um, see you. It was a lot of fun. And Zoe Deutsch is um, like this manic energetic funny woman like I, she's know, really funny i really like her i did not expect to like her because i don't know she's cute and stuff understandable <laughs> like, i was also like I, uh, what do you got i expected her when she first came on the scene if you will i expected her to be more like anna kendrick mm. and i was pleasantly surprised even though i think i like anna kendrick i find her characters and stuff annoying sometimes mm-hmm. Um, but I very much am not annoyed by Zoe Deutsch, and I feel like I'm always re-surprised every time when I see her in something, and I enjoy it. But she's such a delightful little sprite. I think after uh, after Zombieland two and the other movie that she did with her sister, The Year of Spectacular Men, I was just like, I'm down. Like you're funny. You're very funny. She really is. Um, and yeah, she produced this movie as well. But she plays this character that is essentially very set on being rich and getting shit done in life okay um i get that she you know they they take you back to like when she was a kid like in her money making schemes at age <laughs> eight it. to like her money making schemes at age 17 which it's like her... a lemonade stand and then like another thing and I don't know. yeah 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 gotcha. and then like her like doing ticket scams at 17 to like pay for college gotcha. and then like well you got to go to prison for a couple years got it i'm back out Debt collection. <laughs> That's my next scheme. Um, and it's just, yeah, like her her energy that she brings to the screen is a lot of fun. Nice. Um, the story of like her trying to do it the right way, but like ultimately like kind of getting roped up and like doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like very endearing and like, hmm, like this, seeing the fall her, of this Her character. ambition gets in the way of her like moral compass a little bit. Yeah. And how she's able to kind of like correct her compass mm-hmm. towards the end like mm-hmm. cool all right formulaic but nonetheless fun yes formulaic and fun yes. um shot not primarily in buffalo a lot of it was shot in buffalo nice. um it's a it's a cool place to do things it seems like i think more and more things are being shot there and i keep hearing nothing but good things about buffalo i mean the goo goo dolls are <laughs> <down> there. <laughs> I, I tried to get that out without laughing. <laughs> yes, uh, they are, Jason. Fucking cool buffalo pole. Hometown of the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> but as I understand, the movie is very buffalo-centered in, like, it's uh, from the accents to, like, the things that they mentioned there. Gotcha. The person who wrote it was obviously from there. Yeah. Like, it's an interesting place to set a movie if you're not from there. Gotcha. Is... is to to buffalo or be buffaloed is that an actual phrase i don't i've not heard it, it before. isn't actually they, it is a phrase it's a oh, okay as they define the word at the beginning of, of the movie like the buffalo noun like uh to you know bully to you oh. know to trample to like you know gotcha. run someone down debt collectors got it cool yeah okay um but they do do like the big short kind of things where they step away and like you know point to a screen like well this is how this works the bank buys your debt at this rate they sell it to these people like they do a, a few things like that gotcha i think at, at one point the framing device was supposed to be her teaching like a prison 
college class. Okay. But I think they kind of like abandon that and scraps of it are shown throughout the movie. Okay. Yeah. But I liked it. And it's on Hulu right now. If you got Hulu, okay. you got this movie. Cool. Check it out. Um, I also watched something that was clearly trying to big short it, if you will, <laughs> in its style, but it did not work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly, <laughs> well, this is one of many things I did not finish. Um, and it was on my list and I was very sad that I didn't like it. Um, Bombshell. Oh, how was that? I was very curious about that movie. It's one of those things where the trailer is better than the movie. Dang. The trailer was great. And maybe this is just because of the time that we're in now. Um, and I'm someone who kind of generally not, I don't, I don't want to be willfully ignorant, but I avoid the news to a certain degree um, and I limit my intake of it because it is so depressing. Um, I'm heavily medicated. I don't need to <laughs> read also very depressing things. Why do it? Um, so it's about uh, the Roger Ailes scandal um, and how he was disgusting um, and his treatment of women. Um, Charlize Theron plays Megan Kelly. Nicole Kidman, um, shit, I'm forgetting the name of the woman who she plays. And then uh, Margot Robbie. Uh, I forgot she was in that. Margot Robbie is in yeah. that movie. Um, it's like... I think she's also a real person who is uh, a young upstart, bless you, mm-hmm. um, at Fox News. And um, it's, I do not generally, unless it is done very well, I'm not a fan of like voiceover and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it starts off with Charlie Theron as Megan Kelly, like actually talking to the camera and stuff and doing a voiceover. And it cuts between her doing that and just the regular movie. Okay. Um, and I just... I found it boring. And as a feminist and a fan of all the women involved, maybe not as much Nicole Kidman, but whatever, she's fine. Um, and as like one of, I think, Margot Robbie's... She, her company may have produced it, or she was a producer or something on it. Um... I really wanted it to be really great. So, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know how much of Margot Robbie's character storyline is true because she is. I thought she was like an amalgamation of a few people, maybe. Okay. Because her. Is what I heard. I don't, I'm not 100% sure. Her character um, is actually really believes in. Fox News um, and is very Christian and blah 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 and right wing and she ends up sleeping with Kate McKinnon's character. Okay. I didn't know Kate McKinnon was even in this movie. Yeah. Okay. She's she was my favorite part. Um, and so for this woman, if this person actually existed, to be a lesbian and also work for this company was and was so ambitious and i was just like god damn it come on it's it's would you say they took no time to show her conflict of like hey there or was there no conflict even displayed there it's like hey you're someone who 
who the like you're intrinsically at odds with this corporation that you so desperately want to work for and support. She at least grant I only watched like an hour of it. Okay. Um the part that I saw the fact that she I don't even know if she entirely identified as being gay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just kind of, it was the focus was not on the fact that she slept with Kate McKinnon. The focus on the fact that she is dismayed by the fact that Kate McKinnon has a Hillary for president like sticker on her fridge, mm-hmm. and Kate McKinnon's character is gay. But she is fully aware of the hypocrisy of it, hmm. um, and doesn't necessarily like it. But she tried to get a job at all these other places. She got a job at Fox. Now she's trying to get a job at other places, mm-hmm. but they don't hire her because she works at Fox. Um, so the focus is more on Kate McKinnon's character than it is. Um, um, on Margaret Robbie. Thank you. I almost call her Maggie Rogers. Different person. <laughs> uh, a different beautiful blonde woman. Um, so, yeah, I just... Whenever people try to do the same thing as another movie, but they don't do it as well, it's painful to watch a little bit. Understandable. Um, and maybe it's completely unfair because I didn't finish the movie, but I just... Um, I don't know. I didn't. I don't know if it's because I'm not into the. I don't enjoy watching the news. Um, I certainly don't like Fox News, um, even though I understood what these women were up against more. I don't know. Only being able to support someone in 5% of their journey Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like what they go through, I think is a tough thing when everything else opposes it. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't finish it. I wasn't particularly compelled. Also, it's a very recent news story. So. It felt like a quick turnaround in the the fact that there wasn't much quick turnaround. There wasn't much reflection on it, per se, as much as, like, this feels like the reflection piece on it. 100%. Like, I I don't know. Maybe, like, it's important that the story's told immediately and quickly, or... Oh, no. Yeah. I... We all know the story. It's a goddamn tale as old as time. Um, I don't think... I think they should have taken longer to just make the writing better. Mm Mm-hmm. Like... If this, if you want to turn around this quickly, fine, but do a really good job of it. Okay. You know, putting Charlize Theron in amazing makeup that looks like Megyn Kelly is not enough to carry your movie. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Um, so, yeah, I was underwhelmed by it. Uh, I was disappointed. Trailer is great with that Billie Eilish song. <laughs> 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 and Charlize striding around the newsroom. Um yeah, uh, I don't know. Didn't didn't like it. Okay. Um, I guess in relation to that, one thing hmm. I watched, uh, dealing with you know the horrors of corporate America yes. and like you know the evils of large network news, mm-hmm. uh, I watched Succession. Uh, binged oh, yeah. both seasons. Wow, uh, it's really enjoyable. 
and all the characters are really horrible people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, That's why I did not make it far in that. There's there's no good soul. There's nothing. There's, there's nothing. There's no one to grab onto as like a lifeline of. I can get behind you a little bit and root for you. I think that's the point. I think they're oh, really trying to make that the, the case of where it's like, Oof, no, yeah. you're not supposed to like any of them. Because as they're introduced, you're like, well, maybe this one. Nope, nope, you're terrible nope, too. Okay, you just, great. You just really hurt someone really bad. <laughs> like, oh, you like peed on a person. Like, I don't want oh, anything to do with you. Yeah, they're all terrible. Like, you turned someone into human furniture. Like, that's, no. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, but it's still enjoyable to watch as it is like, just say like, th- this is a world that I think average people don't ever get exposed to Mm-mm. or really understand. Mm-mm. And I, I, they're doing a good job of like showing that to you of mm-hmm. like money isn't an object anymore. Like it's just, it's not even like a, a means to an end. It's just, it's just, you have power over it mm-hmm. all at all times. Nothing is too expensive. Nothing's out of the question. The only thing that stands in your way is other terrible people just like you. Yes. And yeah. really it's not about the acquisition of money as it is the acquisition of power. Oh yeah. It's like, no, we have dominion over other things and other people and cons- concepts. And being able <laughs> to say, I won. Yes. Yeah. And like... if To people, your brother. <laughs> to your brother or your sister. Yeah. If you're looking for a Game of Thrones replacement Oof, of like yeah. political intrigue and turmoil, this is it. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> like, it has it in spades. Like, it was always there. Like, not always there, but like they snuck this in and like the second to last season of Game of Thrones like we got you don't worry <laughs> like, you know some of you are here for like the sex and the intrigue you get it all here and it's got it in spades um, Kieran Culkin is fantastic oh he's so funny he's very funny he's on terrible, it terrible but and funny and also terrible oh god Brian yeah. Cox uh, as a patriarch of this family is terrifying and yes. horrible <laughs> like uh god um Alan Ruck is like clueless and horrible <laughs> like it's um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's uh, it it is very much a a cool insight to that world that I think no one knows about and it or experiences seems from at least a very. I think I only watched like two episodes, but it is it appears I would never know, but it appears painfully realistic. Yeah. Oh, to the point that it's a little soul crushing. <laughs> there was like one crack of hope that I thought was gonna like be a threat that was gonna get followed on. Like when Karen Culkin like, you know, gets busted not busted down, but like he's expected to go through this corporate management training program. And like through this program, like everyone is there as far as like, you know, like, hey, like I got, you know, assigned to this program by my manager and I work at like, you know, the theme park division and it's like I make you know, not that much money a year. It's like, oh, cool. Like, he's going to learn to be a person. <laughs> and, like, this will be... It's too late. But then it's like, yes, that's the thing. Yeah. It's too late. He's not a person. Nope. This is, like, a monster in human skin. Yep. <laughs> and very expensive clothing. Yes. Yeah. And it's just like, aw. Oh, well, there goes his... And redemption for him, so yeah. whatever. So, yeah, it's... It is good and intriguing, and you are... It's like watching a car wreck sometimes, but... I am enjoying it. Nice. Yeah. Um, I also watched an HBO thing. Mm-hmm. I think it is, right? Um, Perry Mason. I also watched the first episode. I really liked it. Like, I knew Perry Mason as a kid for, like, its banger of a theme song. <laughs> <laughs> and that it seemed uh, very, like... This is for old people. Yep. <laughs> yep. This is not. <laughs> um, I 
Because it's a mystery, of course I enjoy it. I really like Matthew Reese. I think he's incredibly talented. Um, And I would watch him do anything. Um, It's very stylized. Sometimes to the point that it's almost too much. It's almost too perfect Mm -hmm. feeling, almost. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I'm intrigued. It certainly doesn't shy away from the horror of the crime. Good God. Mm. Um, That being... uh, Oh, and Nate Cordry was in it, which I was pleasantly surprised by. Mm. Um, A couple uh, was blackmailed and their baby was kidnapped um, for a ton of money. And then it turns out when they are returned the child, it has been murdered um, in like a weird creepy uh religious culty kind of way um and so the lapd is on it but nobody trusts them because they're terrible corrupt oh yeah um oh how the world has changed um (laughs) and so they hire um the saddest detective the saddest private eye um, <laughs> on the, in the world, it feels like he has a shoe that's like talking, uh, yeah, and like a bindle over his yeah. shoulder, <laughs> patches on his pants. He's just so dirty looking, and so put upon and tired. This man just needs to like sleep for like twenty eight hours. <laughs> um, but he's good at what he does. Um, and so he's uh, on the case. Um, but I really enjoy it. It looks really good. I like Matthew, Re- Matthew Reese. The cast was great. Um, and I will continue watching it. About like five minutes into it, as he's like, you know, uh, doing the investigation. And like, mm-hmm. I just said to myself, man, I wish Shay Wiggum was here. And then he was. And then he was. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. All right. I forgot um, about that. Yeah. He's in everything. If it's in the 40s and you need someone like to talk like it's the 40s, you get Shay Wigga. <laughs> Do you need a gruff detective type? He's your guy. I feel like he is from that time. It's just time travel to this era and has been stranded ever since. <laughs> Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> I didn't know you were in that. Yeah, he played a... Um, I only watched a couple episodes. Steve Buscemi's brother on the show. Okay, I can see that. Nice. Um. Yeah, I feel like no one finished that show. It's no. worth it. It's really worth How it. How many seasons was that? Like six or Oof. something. Like five. That's five seasons, lot. I think. Um. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Borok Empire. People have time. <laughs> <laughs> um. Did you like it? Um. What, Boardwalk? Oh, no. Perry Mason. I enjoyed Perry Mason. Yes, I enjoyed both of these things. Nice. Um. I didn't think I would. I'm like, whatever. Like, yeah, this is a very me thing, not a very you thing. <laughs> this is like me watching Sonic. <laughs> Jason, you watched a dark murder mystery? Cool. <laughs> I was like, I'm curious. Like, sure, does it have that banger of a theme song? No. But it's a banger of a show so far. Like, hmm. okay, cool. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Other things I've watched. Um, oh, uh, I will talk very quickly about uh, Child's Play. Uh, the murderous doll. Oh, it's hard pass. Uh, <laughs> I don't do scary dolls. They scare me very much. Um, I have seen 
almost every ep- every entry in the Child's Play series at some How point. How many time. are there? Four to three, four, five. Uh, this oh. is be the sixth. Oh god! This is a remake of the first. Oh Jesus! Um, you can tell, like, man, you guys don't really have a budget you're working with here. Aww. Um, Aubrey Plaza, uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Ooh. Um, and it's in everything. Yeah. Um, are the two like main stars of it? I guess you could say. Um, what is the plot? Uh, so in the original, the plot is ridiculous and but enjoyable. The original plot is a thief uh, implants his soul into a doll to escape dying uh, at the hands of the police via during a shootout. So he made a Horcrux. Yes, he, he put himself <laughs> Harry into Potter a style. Okay. Um, in order, what if this is just a continuation of Voldemort's story? It could be. <laughs> um, so a kid buys a doll, uh, but he's a thief. He's not a murderer. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe he... No, he might be... He's probably a murderer. <laughs> he's probably... Charles Lee Ray is probably a murderer. They give him three names, so probably a murderer. Oh, yeah. Um, so he... In this in this body, uh, he... How does he implant himself into... You see, he learned uh, magic voodoo from his uh, oh. his cellmate um, in prison. This Great. is the lore of the Child's Play series. Great. Um, and then he transfers his soul into this doll... The boy buys it all, and he's like, I'm going to transfer my soul into this boy. Um, if only I could kill him. Um, and he spends the whole movie trying to kill this child. And he fails many times over. Hmm. Are you, like, in the thoughts of him? Oh, he talks the entire time. He's very chatty. He's oh. very funny. Are uh, we talking... Are we talking like a Raggedy Ann doll or like a or uh, like a you, dummy doll? No. Uh, my buddy, I don't know if you knew those series of dolls. They were popular in the 70s, 80s, and had a resurgence in the 90s. I generally, I think I know. Yeah, they yeah. wore overalls and had like a yeah, red yeah, cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Creepy. And it was Didn't supposed like to be it. like a parody of that to some degree. Gotcha. In this version, uh, Chucky is a uh, essentially a Siri kind of thing, like a, oh, a smart home device. Oh, it's Chucky. Yes. Oh, okay, got it. Yes, this is the Chucky series of things. Gotcha. Um, and in this version, he is considerably sadder and more sympathetic. Um, Weird. It's like a thing that, it's a defective doll that's like learning, and it's like it's learning interactions and all that stuff, and becomes very attached to this boy. Mm-hmm. And when someone threatened the kid, mm-hmm. he responded by, the doll responded by killing this person. Oh, okay. And it's like, oh, this is going to get worse and worse. Like, this is this doll is going to kill for this boy mm-hmm. and wants nothing more than to be with this boy. And this is weirdly sad. Oh, okay. It's like this learning robot, like, wants to protect its master. So the whole the whole thief implanting his soul thing is not in this. Nope, it's not just in this at all. a doll. It's just that's alive. a sentient doll. Okay, gotcha. Um, it and, is. And. I'm just gonna call him Brian. Mm-hmm. Brian and Aubrey are his like parents, uh, the kids' parents. Brian is a cop that like lives. His mother okay. lives down the hall. He like visits sometimes. Okay, and like makes friends with the kids. Gotcha. And uh, Aubrey is the kids' mom. Gotcha. Um, I wish they were a couple. That'd be nice, right? Um, <laughs> but the movie's okay, I guess. Like it's, it did something different. It did what what I what I want my remakes to do. Hmm. It's not trying to emulate or recreate the exact same thing. You're taking the original concept. And I'm like done. I'm done with the, the plot of it. The the change. Yeah. Okay. Like that seems like okay. That's like an acceptable, interesting change. Like, cool. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um. 
how is Aubrey Plaza in it? Is it just like a... She's fine. Like a pretty straightforward mom character? Uh, kind of. She's a young mom. Okay. Like, the kid's like 12. She's like... The kid's 12? Yeah. He's playing with a doll at 12? It's not like a doll in that particular kind of way. Imagine if, like, you gave legs to an Alexa or something like that. Like, it controls the things around the house. Like, What does it look like? Uh, it looks like a doll, but, like, oh. essentially it operates like an Alexa. Like, hey, turn the TV on. Like, can you give me information on this? Like, Gotcha. He's just really into what this kid wants to Google. Yeah, and the kid's like, this is lame. Like, I don't want to play the doll, but then, like, slowly befriends it over time. Interesting. Yeah. It's on any streaming thing. Oh, I will not watch this. No, I don't intend for you to watch it at all. I think it's fine. Like, if you like the Child's Play series of movies, worth your time, I guess. So Aubrey Plaza is not playing a typical Aubrey Plaza character, though? No. She's not being huh. hot weirdo. So <laughs> <laughs> perfect encapsulation of what she is. Okay. Huh. Interesting. But you generally liked it? It was fine. Like, yeah, I generally liked it. Like, if, it, if I had to like give it a, a Netflix star rating when mm-hmm. those used to exist, three out of five, I guess. Like, okay. I liked it. Okay. I don't necessarily recommend it to anyone, but like. Did it set itself up for a sequel? They all do. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Gotcha. Um, my last thing I watched, <laughs> it's been on my list for a while. You know how I like water. Do you know how I like water? No. What does that mean? I love water. <laughs> Being in water, drinking water, things. Anytime. Involved around water. Anytime in like. Uh, like an apocalypse type movie, if there's any type of large tidal wave, tsunami situation, mm-hmm. water floods a, a, a place, I fucking love it. Is this why you love San Andreas so much? Yes. <laughs> the be- My favorite part of that movie is when he's in the boat and he has to go over the big tsunami wave. In your most hated film, The Day After Tomorrow, there's a lot of water. I love it. I, I know. When that cruise ship goes into New York City, I'm all about it. <laughs> I'm very curious about I enjoy when water infiltrates a place it shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> when I was a kid, my dream was like... The streets would flood and I'd get to go out in a little kayak and the kayak down like my street where I should be driving. <laughs> I wanted this. I splashed out in the rain a lot. I don't know, Jason. I don't know. I enjoy it. <laughs> I, I watch Waterworld. I am very excited to hear your thoughts. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The prequel to Land World, which was The Postman. But go on. <laughs> um, I this was a movie that was very panned at the time it came out. Let me tell you something: they were wrong, Jason, <laughs> or they just lacked my passion for water. <laughs> I just imagine you in a production meeting, standing on a table. You don't get it, <laughs> all right? It's about the water, not the people. The water. Janice, this sounds great, but can we get more water? <laughs> like, there's nothing I want more right now than a behind-the-scenes making of Waterworld. <laughs> I want it. I you're, would watch it. You're chasing James Cameron off set. Get him out of here! 
Stealing our idea. In Titanic, when the ship starts to flood, love it. <laughs> Water infiltration is my thing. <laughs> Um, my first note is seashells, but make it fashion, because Kevin Costner has these little seashell earrings the whole time. He goes through so much, keeps those earrings. <laughs> they do not match. One is like a full seashell, and the other is like a little dingly dangly thing. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Um, I love apocalypse films. I love it when they have to be very like resourceful and very inventive. They do a good job of world building. Yes. In Waterworld. I have to say. Thank you. <laughs> like the you sets, are correct. the costuming, like how does your day function? Like his boat how do you eat? is fucking ingenious. That is the dopest catamaran. It's I've the ever best. Seen. <laughs> um Kevin Costner at this time, he can get it too. He looks real good. He's the most... Except for his very thin hair on top. It's fine. (laughs) But it's also because it's wet, so it's all plastered down to his little head. But, like, he looks good. He was, like, the most... He's the weirdest, most unassuming action star I could think of Mm -hmm. from the 1990s. Robin Hood, the Mariner, (laughs) which is what his name was. Yes, yes. They never... I realized three quarters of the movie through, like, oh, he doesn't have a name. They just call him the the Mariner. I will say he does not change his outfit despite being fully immersed in a little poop pond, which was unfortunate. He's got like leggings on. He does. <laughs> he looks great. And like a vest. Mm. Um, they, I think um, a lot of the budget went to um, spray tanning. Oh, real tan. Very orange people in this film. Um, they call gasoline go juice and for now on i'm only going to call it go juice <laughs> the price of go juice these days let me tell you it too high <laughs> it was so great um there's a sea monster you know i love a monster um the bad guy looks like a power rangers villain because of the time and, and the patch the patch just like his costume and everything about like how he holds himself and like what he says is very cartoonish. It's Dennis Hopper yeah. chewing all the scenery. Oh just my God. Being loud He's going for it. And go- shooting for the rafters. He seems like he was very much enjoying himself. Um, it is basically like an ocean Mad Max. It is. Yes. That's and, a great way to put it. And Kevin Costner is my Aragorn of the sea. And I Aragorn's love him. Aragorn's nicer. <laughs> he is nicer. But like, by the end of it, he's Aragorn-esque. Okay. His hair, like Aragorn, is often damp. Wet. Um, he, he makes sense. Yes. I Aragorn, get why he's wet. I think he might have some kind of... Spray situation. He needs to see a doctor for <laughs> whatever it is he's suffering from. Because he's only sweating from seemingly his luscious locks. Well, if he could only sweat from his scalp. Yeah. Um... And when I, I watched it last night. On what? Um, I rented it. <laughs> <laughs> I looked everywhere for it, but nobody had it. So I rented you it. You were Waterworld. Had you seen it before? Or had you not seen it before? I had only seen like little bits and I was just like, I need to see this movie. (laughs) (laughs) And I know people always made fun of it, but I needed it. (sighs) 
also three ninety nine later, <laughs> my dreams came true, and it was fucking great. And like, it's a long movie, but it like it moves. It gets into it immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's not a good guy. Um, but it was great, which is fine. Like you know, yeah. he's just trying to survive on his own out there, mm-hmm. and of course, people had to get in the way. Yeah. There's... I like the little band of characters that yeah. like erupt around him. Yeah, 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 it's great. This little family that kind of like exists. One hundred percent. There's a lot of jet ski ski sequences. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Uh, the twist that's not really a twist that like uh, the land is just below them in the water. Yep. He has gills, which come into play. It was great. Like, in Dry Land, at the end, mm-hmm. is just Mount Everest. Not, yes, it is Mount Everest. Uh, see, that would make sense, yeah. It's the highest point. The highest point still survives. Great. Love it. There is logic to it. Um, it I I didn't expect to enjoy it that much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it Minnie Driver that is, like, the love interest? No. It's someone who I've not seen sense jean triplehorn yeah that's her name um she actually kind of looks like janie uh had a tompkins <laughs> um but yeah uh i will say her character can be pretty annoying sometimes mm-hmm. um because it's very much it it made me realize when we talk about now even though i hate this fucking phrase strong female characters she is an example of a not strong female character. Mm-hmm. All she does is fuck shit up and whine. <laughs> and you're just like, listen, lady, I need you. Helen, get it together. You're not helpful in literally any way. How this whole time you have not been like, hey, maybe teach me how to run your fucking ship in case something happens. Nope. She is a useless human being. I just don't get that, like, in this world where we lost a name for gasoline and it's just go juice now, how a name like Helen survives. Like... Yeah, I don't get it. Um, I, I remember as a kid, I had a big crush on uh, Tina Majorino, who was, like, the little girl in that movie. What else is she in? I know I've seen... Napoleon Dynamite. That's what it is. Thank you. As Napoleon's, like, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Side pony. Still a cutie. Adorable. Um, I, uh, it was great. I don't doubt you on this. Like, I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I do have a different appreciation of that movie. Um, it's just like, it's, it's big, it's overblown, mm-hmm. but everything was at that time. It's just a series movie. of action sequences. It really is. Yeah. Which and, is fine. And like, yeah, this is Waterworld. This is Mad Max on water. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all it really yeah. is. Like, it's not really about the Mariner as much not as it's like, about him helping the people yeah. get to their destination. It's really just showing you a crazy world. Yes. Yeah. Like, um, but the way it ends is like, what other stories can you really tell in this, I guess? Nothing. Like, this is you it. You barely get a story out of this and thing. And that's fine. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. We don't need to see why You called death. it Waterworld, and what you presented to me was a Waterworld. <laughs> so, done and done. <laughs> but we don't know what's happening in the sky <laughs> as the camera pans up to show blimps and cities in the skies. Um, Valerian. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> I was sitting there for some reason, again, watching credits for no reason. And then a name came up 
for the writer and i was like i've seen that name recently mm-hmm. i know i've seen this name recently and i looked it up the same guy who wrote this also wrote and directed all of the riddick movies David Tui. You are caught up in the storm. You are in the sauce. You're just like <laughs> connecting all over the place. All over the place. Oh, so many connections. Yeah. And I was like, oh, buddy. Boy, does this make sense. Oh, <laughs> and perfect. I want to know if Vin Diesel watched Waterworld and was like, I got to get my guy. I hope Vin Diesel puts together a film <laughs> crew like he puts together a racing crew. <gasps> if he crew. remakes Waterworld, that would be a dream come true for me. Like, uh, goodness. I, I could Vin expect- with gills? Getting that go juice? Vin gills. Um, oh. yeah, I, I could appreciate that in this far future of, uh, the Fast and Furious series where Toretto and his gang have ruined the Earth's atmosphere with carbon emissions. Uh, <laughs> now it's all boats and jet skis. Is the eventual future. Like, it could 100% work. They still have Waterworld, like, stunt shows at Universal Studios, I believe. Matt Gorley, a podcaster, talks about that all the time. <laughs> and now I really want to see it. <laughs> like, the Waterworld Stunt Spectacular, I believe, is what it's called. Like, there, I, I think maybe as I grow older, I will enjoy those more. Uh, as a kid, totally. I was like, I'm not trying to see a stunt show. I am the stunt show. Like, I'm trying to be on roller coasters, dog. Like... <laughs> <laughs> You're saying this like goofy. <laughs> Some poor teenager's like, I don't Just care, dude. Nodding his head. <laughs> um, my mom, when we were little, I don't know how old I was, maybe like four or five. Um, there was the Indiana Jones like show. That was really fun. With like the big rolling ball and uh-huh. stuff. And um they would just ask for like um women to volunteer to participate in it mm-hmm. and my mom got chosen Ooh. and so i mean now it's not appropriate but she was one of like the the ladies in it oh huh who i think they were in like i want to say some kind of like middle eastern garb maybe mm-hmm. or something um but uh yeah i remember watching my mom up there <laughs> being like oh cool <laughs> indiana jones great that is also oh I gotta write I want to kind of rewatch the Indiana Jones. They're all on Netflix. Maybe not yeah maybe not Temple I've seen that too many yeah. times it's uh, yeah and it's just for me it's the Last Crusade it's oh yeah it's all in one I've maybe. seen Temple because they've always put it on freaking TNT. <laughs> it is maybe the most televised of yeah, all of them. Yeah I don't know why because it's the worst one but whatever. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I have very fond memories of The Last Crusade and watching that with my family on multiple occasions. Like, grandparents, mom, sister, everyone in the room together, just like watching that and like really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, um, I. Um, like, yeah. And even in years recent, like, I just remember seeing that with family and just like, yeah, this still scratches that itch dude like when, it's funny it's exciting yeah it's an adventure mm-hmm. um my family did not often go to the movies together mm-hmm. um because we would not everyone wants to see something else yeah so we have very different interests um and i think the only two movies i remember seeing all together was titanic which was uncomfortable because there was a sex scene and i was like this is not what i signed up for mm-hmm. um and um but also leo oof um and 
the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, wow. Like, that's a long time span of years between those two. Like, 12 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did not go to the... We rented movies all the time, but we didn't actually go to the theater, all four of us together. Because, like, my brother's four years older than me, so we had very different interests. Mm -hmm. My parents, like, parent movies. Like, Air Force One. I think in every family, there's the split-up years. Totally. And then there's the get-back-together years. So, like, my brother would pretty much see anything, probably. And, like, I was into it. My dad was into it. My poor mom just got dragged along. Um and it was so bad. <laughs> we haven't gone to the movies together since. <laughs> I brought my brother to see, I think, The Force Awakens, and he fell asleep almost Aww. immediately. And I was like, cool. But thanks for the support, guy. Um, I did not see Crystal Skull in theaters. My mom went to go and see it. Well, you really dodged a bullet there, Jason, because what a... I mean, you saw it eventually. It's a piece of garbage. She, she went to go see it, and I was still like in the first week. Your I was, like, was really excited. And she was, and I was like, "How was it?" She was like, "Yeah, I know." Time, <laughs> like, really? Like, you don't ever say that about anything. Like, she knew what was up. Like, nah, it's not. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't. I just took her advice. Like, I'm not saying that. what I said was whack. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I'm not. No, I don't need to see it. Like, <laughs> that's a big. Like, she says bad. Probably yeah, bad. It's bad. <laughs> but you eventually saw it? I eventually saw it, like, recently. Mm. Like, in the last year or so. And I was like, if you fast forward through it at the right parts, oh yeah, it makes... It's fine. But if I had to sit through this for two hours and change... Oh, God, it was terrible. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. Not good. Mm-mm. That uh, was it for me. What else? Uh... I don't have anything else really worth talking about, I guess. Much. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I watched this movie called Take Me with uh, Taylor Tomlinson. Uh, where I know that name, but I cannot put a face to it. Not Taylor Tomlinson, excuse me. Uh, Taylor Schilling. Um, Taylor Schilling from Orange is the New Black. Oh, um, yeah, not really. Yeah. And it was fine. It's a Duplass Brothers movie. Like, uh, okay. It's an absolute mumblecore thing, but it's the premise is uh, she's like a high-powered executive uh, that rents out this service mm-hmm. uh, that professionally kidnaps people oh, uh, for like... Oh, a day or like eight hours. I already do not believe it. I don't. I don't find her to be a very compelling actress. It's supposed to be like a comedy. It's a okay comedy. And she doesn't strike me as some like businessy type person. She's our fellow alumnus, you know. Like we can't. I don't uh... care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. In, I'm not into it. I will brag about Alan Alda before I brag about Taylor Schilling or Betty Gilpin. Before. Oh yeah, great, love it. Um, She's great in Glow. Yeah. Um, both uh, written by the same creative team. But regardless, um, this movie in Glow. Uh, Orange is the New Black and Glow. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, they both suffer from similar problems in their third seasons. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even. I still haven't watched the third season of Glow. Don't. I really wouldn't recommend it to you. Is the curly-haired guy from season two in season three? Cause yeah, a little bit. Oh, no, no. Not okay. as much as you would want him to be. <laughs> oh, like in every minute of every scene? <laughs> yes. Ugh, well, forget it then. Um, but that aside, it was fine. Hmm. Uh, the other thing I watched was... Uh, Eurovision Song Contest, uh, Fire Saga, with uh, Will Ferrell and uh, Rachel McAdams. That's the type of thing where I really like. I really want it to be good, but I feel like it probably isn't. I think for people that enjoy the Eurovision Song Contest, 
it's like fun. Mm-hmm. Like uh, and th- this was a year without Eurovision, um, as it got canceled due to COVID nineteen. Um, so this kind of has several moments where, like you know, it's winners of Eurovision's past mm-hmm. that like you know have like a medley together in a song, and it's like for people that like miss it. I bet that was a nice moment. For and them. I feel like there are probably some, not inside jokes, but just pop culture things that uh, people who actually do watch it would be like, ah, ha, ha, and tickled by it, but mm-hmm. it might be lost on Americans. Maybe a little bit. There's lots of jokes at Americans' expense okay. throughout the film. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, we deserve mainly it. Mainly said by Will Ferrell. Love it. <laughs> um, uh I miss Mc- Rachel McAdams being in comedies. Like she's not in as much anymore, and it's like you're you're funny. You're very enjoyable to see in these things. Um, at some point, some points in the movie, I was looking at Will Ferrell, just be like, "Haven't you had enough?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is mean, and I don't know if I really mean that. Yeah. But this just felt very similar tonally and like volume wise, like other characters he's done, and just feels like. What's different here? Mm. Um, at some points, at some points, the movie's very funny. Um, just it's fun to see good slapstick humor sometimes. But I don't know. I, it kept my interest, but not heavily throughout mm. the movie. Um, yeah, there's some good points. Mainly uh, European cast. Uh, Pierce Brosnan is in there. Oh, I saw that. Is his dad? As his dad. He looks good. He's looking real handsome. I need to get out more. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, he's a handsome fella, but like, whew. Like, dude's face doesn't quit. I don't know what to say. No. And, like, and he's like in good shape. It's all that paddle boarding, Pierce. Keep it up. Uh, yeah, he looks good. Um, but yeah, it's fine. It's new on Netflix. Were there any other... Um, comedians who popped up in it not really as far as like comedy people um i feel like that crew often will toss in their pals here and there they didn't they oh. really kept it light like they, they a lot of the comedic weight is on will ferrell and rachel mcadams mm-hmm. um dan stevens shows up in this uh again oh yeah he's kind of like the antagonist but not really he's like the nicest antagonist you'll ever meet oh okay <laughs> um but yeah he's very enjoyable as like you know a foil to uh, Will Ferrell. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's... Are they it's, brother and sister? They make jokes in reference to that many times because yeah. Iceland is as small as it is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, are you brother and sister? She's like, no. He's like, mm, probably not. And like, <laughs> but like... Oh, so they're supposed to really just be pals. Just be... That's consistent throughout. Like, okay. Will Ferrell's like, no, we're just buddies. Like, you know, a romance ruined the band. Like, we can't that's do funny. that. Yeah. And she's, like, really into him. Like, come Aww. on. Like, let's just, like, go on a date. Like, I love mm. the world in which Rachel McAdams is into <laughs> Will Ferrell. They're, so, they're make, trying to make us believe that they're about the same age. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Nice try. That's not happening in this. Go with Dan Stevens. He's so handsome. <laughs> but uh, it, it was fine. Okay. It was fine. Um, cool. But, yeah, I, I have nothing else. All right. I mean... It's hard to stop Waterworld, Jason. It really is. Like, I didn't really feel like saying anything else after Waterworld. I was very <laughs> happy that you saw it <laughs> um, in full. And you know what? People shooting it, and I was even laughing, but like, I have fond memories of that movie. Like, I don't have anything against it, really. What were... I mean... I'm trying to... I fully realize that it's not, like, <laughs> a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. But why were, didn't people like it? <sighs> I, people weren't really down for the idea of, for some reason they they weren't buying into Kevin Costner as like you know this action hero, one, mm. okay. two, 
uh, it was a huge budget. I believe they'd like gone over budget several times. It's a lot of water. And I don't think they made their money back hmm. in just the theaters. Hmm. I believe they made their money back like through merchandising and through toys. Uh, well, no, <laughs> excuse me, through merchandising and through like VHS. Okay. Um, ultimately. I'd love a water world toy. Give me that catamaran. <laughs> the uh, catamaran is cool. Like, it's super cool. Like I the like number of weapons that dude has is awesome. And like, I mean, it's action. It's an action movie, but in terms of him being an action star, like he's not. He's just very, like he has survival skills. But the most he does is like shoot stuff. Like and he's jump not, off of stuff and jump off of stuff. Like he's not doing anything really crazy, or at least by our standards now. He's in not terms fighting of, twenty guys in a circle. Yeah, no, he's like killing people one by one, and like you know punching stuff here and there. But I'm also trying to put it in the context of what like was at, considered like an action star back then. But like it's not like he was trying to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like he was very. It makes sense with his character. Like his mm-hmm. skill set was not crazy. And I, I will just... defend this movie to the end. <laughs> My own personal question is like, how? But you're a merman. Mm-hmm. How and why? Maybe in Waterworld too. Skyworld. We'll see <laughs> how this came to be. A prequel? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Um, Costner's still around. You know, he's still acting in things. He's in Molly's game, you know, so <laughs> he's working, you know, he, he, hey, he was real life, the Mariner during the whole BP oil, sp- oil spill when he was providing uh, machines to kind of help vacuum up the oil in the water. I didn't know that. It's like he really got into conservation after Waterworld, like it affected his life deeply. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I get it, Kev. One hundred percent. And to be, and I am someone that I think I don't know if I prefer the Postman to Waterworld, but I feel the Postman needs to be looked at again by society. Writing it down, Jason. <laughs> My first criticism will be needs more water. I and I think you're right. <laughs> I think ultimately you will be right. Like it's, it is more about like rebuilding America oh, after. Uh, Disaster. But I put a question mark next to it. Yeah. It is it is interesting. Okay. Isn't that the plot of some video game you told me about? Like it's Is it with the one with Norman Reedus where he's like delivering stuff all around the place? Oh, uh Death Stranding. It's not as cool as Death Stranding. I mean, no. One's called the Postman and the other's called Death Stranding. Of course, one's slightly cooler than the other, Jason. Um, But it's kind of like that in the sense like, hey, me delivering messages is reconnecting people to each other. In a very broad stroke. Yeah. He starts it off as a fraud. Like, he finds a dead male person. Uh, It actually starts out pretty interesting. He used to be part of this. Maybe don't tell me. Okay. I will watch... If you pay three ninety nine for Waterworld, hey, at least pay ninety eight cents for the Postman. I would pay a whole four ninety nine for Waterworld. I'm pretty Dare sure. Dare I say five ninety nine? <laughs> I would. I'm pretty sure you can go to your local post office and exchange a stamp for a copy of the Postman. <laughs> they just open a drawer. There's fifty copies of it. Finally, <laughs> but it's all VHS. I'm like, oh well. <laughs> 
Okay, well, everyone go out and watch Waterworld. Have a Waterworld weekend. That's oh, the best. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode. Thank you. Uh, enjoy yourselves. Uh, yeah. Bye. We'll talk to you all next time.